Aloha, this is Lei. Aloha, everyone. This is Drew. Welcome to Kaleo o Kauluau. We have a very special episode for you where we welcome our Ahui Manu friends to perform their mele o kalele a nei auna. And following their mele, they're going to share some of some final thoughts with you folks, our dear listeners of this podcast. We'll hear a little bit about their um, reflections from the process related to the oli, related to the uh, formation of their, their group, their hui. We'll also hear a few of their personal stories related to interactions with their manu friends. And we'll hear a, a few final messages from them as well. So mahalo everyone for being here with us. We're, we're pleased to have this special last episode. Yes, mahalo nui. Let's go over to our Ahui Manu friends now. Kia ia e kei limu kala no hoi kai, 
ola amalo i ka kukainene no huyuka, o ka nene ana lele a paa. Paa! Ano ke kukulue o? Kia ia e ka aha no huikai, ola maulo i ke kukulue o no huyuka, o ka ai o auna lele a paa. Paa! Ano ka alaiwa? Ma'i kalapana ay ma'u 
ibuna hanal kaamaki kani kiai kmamunohoi kai ola bauloi ka ohela nohoyu ka okaamaki awana nele apa
Okapueo Aona Lalea Pa Would you folks mind like saying your names? Would that be good? Because then we can um, have a connection between. <laughs> yeah, maybe take turns and introduce yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Aloha, my name is Kekuhi Kili Ikanako Ole Ohailelani. Aloha, I'm Kalehe Ana Pohaku Stormcrow. Aloha, I'm Lisa Mason. Aloha, everybody. Um, I'm Noah Gomes. Aloha, Patrick Hart. Aloha, David Smith. Aloha, my name is Andy Buskirk. Aloha, my name is Luca Zavas. Mahalo, everyone. Mahalo, everyone, for being here. Um, we just have a few questions to wrap up this season of Kaleo Kauluau. And whoever feels moved to answer this question, why do you feel the formation of Ahui Manu has been important? Uh, because bringing the cultural element into protecting our native forest birds is, was a really important piece. And it blossomed from just forest spirits into all of our manu, but uh, bringing that cultural piece in was a major part of trying to protect our uh, forest uh, manu uh, going forward. Mahalo. Would anyone else like to respond to that question? Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can start at the same time and somebody can correct me. Okay, okay, so <laughs> somebody fill in the gaps in my memory. So in 2021, towards the end of 2021, I think um, most of us, got contacted in one way or another because um, these, uh, was it, is it six species, five species? Uh, Maui and Kauai, um, Akohekohe, Kibikyu, four species. I don't know how to count. They're all endangered. So the uh, uh, species on Maui and Kauai, uh, Akohekohe and Kibikyu on Maui, and Akikiki and Akeke'e on Kauai um, are in crisis. Um, and our, you know, projections are showing that these birds are probably going to disappear, at least in the wild, um, within the next X number of years, um, particularly Akikiki, which may be extinct already as, as we speak. I don't know. Um, if not, it's certainly functionally extinct. But it feels like, I think we all feel that um, being people who have been involved in birds in one way or another for a long time, Everything's always in crisis. <laughs> Everything is, is, it's really depressing um, and uh, maybe even nerve wracking being involved in birds and in conservation and in Hawaiian stuff. And um, the idea came about, I think from Kekuhi, that we need to have positivity. Um, it, we were talking doom and gloom all the time. And that, you know, it's not that we can't t talk about those things, but you know, you get people into a certain kind of mindset and it's hard to get out of it. Um, it 
people can only take so much. We can only take so much of that. And the, it's, it, there, there's only so much that it's going to help if, if, if we're all doing those kind of things. We need to breathe positivity into the birds. We need, to, we need to call them to life. I feel like I need to pass this on to somebody else. Can somebody please save me here? Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, exactly what Dave just said here. Um, singing the birds back into health was the, um, the, the spirit of the thing. And if you take a look at every single one of these folks here, everybody has their own love for a particular group of the Lahui Manu, you know, and the, like they have their own do. And whether you're working in the ecosystem restoration or uh, whatever it is. And yeah, it was uh, just as Noah said, it's, um, it's always about what's not happening and what's going wrong. And the question is, what do we want? And what I know from Hawaii ritual is that you, you, um, you the not kilo, you vanana, you vanana the thing. Um, it, it's not just a prophesizing of, but it's a it's a it's a vision envisioning. You vanana exactly the thing you want from that ritual. So if you want your canoe to reach the island, the next island, then the canoe navigators, the masters who have traveled, who have navigated the globe will tell you, dream the landscape up, out from under the water. They don't believe in the people who only use um, instruments, trust the instrument, which is great. That's great. That's one way of doing things. The other instrument is this technology right here. So let's not forget about the whole idea is let's not forget that this technology right here is inextricably linked to the bird people. That's where we don't love them because they're our profession. We're in love with them because they're a part of us and they've never not been a part of us. We just forgot what that relationship was all about. So, and then having them be a part of our daily work starts to remind us that, hey, hey, if, if what if we breathed into our relation, not just the manu themselves, but our relationship to the manu, the same kind of attitude that we would for our own children. You know, when we bring up our children, we, we don't go, ah, oh, you're gonna go extinct in three years or whatever. And if we get if we get there, we get there. If we don't, you're gonna die anyway. What the hell kind growing up is that? You know, we don't, we don't treat their, they are our oldest two-legged kupuna that we have. They don't deserve only that kind of energy. We know that that's necessary. We know that information exists, but that is only one thread of knowledge. There are multiple threads of knowledge, and then we all have access to that, you know? And there are little 
shifts and little, little shifts that have happened over the last two years in places where we didn't think that was going to happen unless we pushed harder, we got to push harder, we get more signatures, got to get more money. There's some things you don't really have to push so hard. Rather, really, like, what do you want to see? Stop talking about what you don't want to see and start talking about this. I mean, this is what Hawaiian stories and Hawaiian ritual tells us. Start thinking about what you want to see. I want to see, I mean, excuse, but this might not be the best things to talk about on public radio and pop, pod, public podcasting. But it is, it is, we, we, there's, there's no, this is why we're doing what we're doing. It's, um. It is what we want for ourselves. If we wanted to go extinct tomorrow, then we could just keep on into our own, but we don't want to go extinct. And so in that not wanting to um, die off, you know, in the next 10 years, then we have to save our manu selves. There is no other way. Yeah, so um, that, that's all. That's what it is. Um, Dave was very articulate when he talked about why this movement might be like the thing, like might, it's, it's a great partner to all the other physical strands that there is going. And we're not saying that all the efforts that are happening right now are not the efforts, like they're the stuff that that's the sweat. We got to put in the sweat. There's also another part that really takes up. 99.9% of the energetics required for the Manu's turnaround is in this technology that we call this energy thing. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. What's the next question? <laughs> mahalo. Uh, mahalo to all of you. We, we wanted to know too what, um, the, the chant that you folks have performed is a, a critical piece of this, this work that you do. And we were wondering if you could just um, kindly re-articulate to us, because you've shared it throughout the, the season, but if you don't mind re-articulating like the function of having the chant as part of your, as part of your work in this project with Ahui Manu, that would be great. Would anyone like to share? So the function of the chant is to be able to start stringing those ties, to weave us all in together and recognizing the relationships that, like Auntie was saying, that not only we have to the Manu, but the relationships that um, the Manu have to guardians or to people or creatures that are in the sea, all the way up to the creatures and people that live up in the forests. And some of those relationships weren't called out before. And um, so we are calling out new ones because, you know, not everybody can see an i'iwi or not everybody can see an okohe kohe, but maybe everybody can see a fish swimming through the sea or seeing like a naupaka and being able to be like, oh, I see that plant person or that sea person. And then you get the Im image of the bird that might not be doing so well so that we are now lashing those ties stronger and stronger to each other and being able to have those conversations with folks that don't know the birds and hopefully being able to now be like 
Aki Aki, the limu that you know of, is also the Alaiula. So like, you know, if you're a sea person, you get to know that sea creature. And then now you also get to know this water bird and that we all get to have those wonderful relationships together that are all woven with one another. And then also all the fun songs and laughter. And I think that's a great big part of this chant is being able to laugh and to have fun and to be silly because a lot of us in our professions are really serious. And so <laughs> it's nice to just go around and just like make funny sounds together and just go back to the laughter and joy of why we're doing what we're doing. Mahalo. <laughs> Another thing that we were wondering is um, if you folks have noticed in the last year or season or even longer, if there have been any shifts in your like awareness um, in the pilina between Manu and Kanaka um, that maybe are as a consequence or a result of the work that you folks do or um, just anything that you've noticed, any changes in that relationship that you folks have seen? Is there anything? I, I just wanted to say that I got into birds at a young age. Um, I was a really weird kid, but I've noticed in working in education, uh, which I did for quite a while um, in different ways, I've noticed kids are different now than um, they were when I was a kid in a positive way. And even from like five years ago, 10 years ago, there, there is definitely more of a public awareness, especially with kids, about the fact that even these birds exist. If you had asked 20 years ago what a palila was, nobody would have been able to tell you what an alala was, what an apapane was, and which is, you know, the most abundant one that we have, nobody would have been able to tell you. But now I hear, like, in the supermarket, kids, or, you know, we'll, we'll mention these things. We just had the Ikuwa festival at Imiloa, yeah, um, the other day, and there were people that were coming up to, to Lisa and I telling us how they had listened to this podcast um, and that they had kids listening to this podcast, which is, I was surprised because I wasn't aiming for kids in the way I was talking, but I guess the kids, you know, I mean, that, that awareness is definitely shifting and that's really important. And that's part of, I think, of what ties into the chant and, and what we're doing is um, we have to strengthen our relationships with the world around us. We're still very much a part of this aina, of this world. We may forget it sometimes, but we are part of it. And the more that we can remember that and how we are connected, the better it is for, for us and for everyone. And by everyone, I mean like the other beings in this world. And I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was. I think too, tapping into that playful nature and that that um, experience of having fun. I, I am an educator for Manu. Um, that is my professional role. And so even for me to just let go of that guard and just to kind of have that moment of, you know what, I'm going to do the bird calls and I'm going to sound goofy. And the kids are going to remember that. And, you know, we can make jokes about them and, you know, bring laughter and fun into their world. And like Noah was mentioning, you know, I, I've heard more kids talking about them. I've heard more kids going, oh, mom, it's the Alala lady or, you know, the things like that. And so it's great to be able to have, you know, people come up and do the calls back to us or, you know, joke around and have, you know, that, those connections again. 
So I, I think it's really important, too, to just acknowledge the framework that was used for Okalele Ane Auna, which is, you know, it's a Kanaka methodology. Like we're going back to something that is very foundational, like Kumulipo, to um, carry on kind of that practice of telling stories and building relationships and passing them on from one generation to another. And so Okalele Ane Auna is really this like beautiful vessel of stories that are kind of a snapshot of the now. And of, yes, their relationships um, in the biological sense and ecological sense, behavioral sense, but it's also like our stories and the people that have participated in this group have had an opportunity to share their experiences. And it's a snapshot of like our group and, and our time now that is captured in such a beautiful way to be able to pass on and, and express these relationships. So I think that's really cool. I also wanted to add that it's really amazing that everybody from different professions, we have people from like Kamehameha schools, we have folks that work at DLNR DOFA, we have folks that are doing the forest bird recovery projects, we have folks from nonprofit agencies like American Bird Conservancy or the Nature Conservancy, just a lot of different people from all walks of life, whether they have grown up here, have genealogical ties to here, or came on a boat some or plain some years later, but have come to just love Hawaii and love the birds here and being able to find another way to be able to like build that relationship and that tie with not only the birds, but with one another and across different barriers that I think we used to see as barriers, but this group has really shown that we can knock those down while having fun and just being able to build something together to help support those that don't have a voice. So one thing that was really powerful for me is when we went to the Board of Land and Natural Resources to get approval to do the Mosquito Project, and it's a very uh, uh, wonky, scientific, technical project, and we could have gone to the board with it in that way, but what we did was Leah came in and led us off with an Oli, and the board loved it. I mean, they just melted it, and then we had so many people come in and uh, testify and it was extremely powerful. I mean, it just shifted the entire conversation because some people were, you know, want to get into the technical, oh, you know, the mosquitoes might cause harm or this or that and start arguing about those types of things. But when you brought in the cultural element and started talking about the birds and how we needed to save them from the cultural side, and we had, you know, we had Kapuna, we had Keiki, we had everybody in between and, and lots and lots of children coming in and, uh, and testifying and it was, uh, you know, it was really a turning point in this whole project. It brought, and, and it was a turning point, I think, generally um, for the way that we deal with land and natural resources. Instead of just being this technical thing where you go in front of the board and argue like a bunch of lawyers or something, you brought this whole cultural element back into that room. I mean, I've never seen anybody do what was done in those hearings, and, and the board uh, really, really appreciated it. To, so to bring that element back in to how we deliberate about decisions uh, that are made about, um, about land and natural resources is, was a really, really important uh, piece of this entire project. So small shifts. So people call me the bird lady now. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I say I am, but technically I don't know anything except for what I learned here in this space. So, and except for how I talk to the bird people in the forest and in the, um, 
um, while looking over the ocean. And that's a lot. That, that's a lot of information. So I like, be calling, I like being called the bird lady. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other thing is a heightening of awareness um, around the fact that people see our, because we've left some of our, um, we, for the last couple of years, we've been having um, ceremonies around the nesting and fledging of the Manu people, right? And um, so we hold these ceremonies like over a period of three months or so, three or four months, and around every 10 days, maybe a little longer. Um, and so what happens is a lot of ceremonies we just do among us and the, our friends who <laughs> we didn't get to connect with tonight. Sorry, friends. Um but many times when it, when it feels right and we hook into social media and people are there waiting, um, people sit on their couches and wait for us to show up um, with their kids. Like Ohana's, who you'd never think would cared. Or why, why would they even, you know, why, why would they wait for us and they do and I know this because they say so they say so on social media they say we waited for you guys but you guys never came say oh we didn't do this one publicly we just we said okay we'll wait for the next one and I know people who have watched those aha over and over and over again um just because it was a source of learning for them and fun and um, only in a different way. So not only, they came, a lot of people came, come to the ahas through an oli route, and a lot of people come to the ahas through their aloha form, the manu people, and a lot of people come to the ahas because they're Hawaiian and they want to belong, and a lot of people come to the ahas because they're not Hawaiian and they want to belong. And so that's one little thing about the ahas, just to let you guys know that people actually come and sit and wait. And if we're not, we don't show up that time, then they'll watch the old ones. Um, the, the other thing, recently we did, we went and opened the Hawaii Festival of Birds. It was, it was a great, um, it was a wonderful event, by the way. Um, you guys should come next year around the same time, second weekend of October or something. Um, and we opened it. There must have been at least 400 other bird people sitting in the audience. And um, I mean, we've sort of done this kind of thing before, maybe three or four of us or the, or the lot of us. And um, we, you know, we kani like the manu. And then, well, we think it sounds like the manu. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then people have a hard time doing it back because they haven't cracked through that, oh, I'm, I feel shame, or, you know, it sounds funny, or that's not, how, that's not really how they do it. But <laughs> we stood up there, and we, number one, we, we knew that what we were doing there was good, and it was going to be beneficial. 
And I really think that it was that pulse. Because when we did the bird sound, and I, I remember seeing Pat in my periphery. I mean, that first bird sound that came out. I forget who was the first bird person. Was it the wow? And we, we, I did a really long orientation so people would you know, would, would play with us. And we did the wow, and 400 voices came back. And it really sounded like a colony. And it was, <laughs> and it was so amazing that it, we, we, had to, we had to step back because the energy coming back was so big. It was amazing. And every Manu after that had that same kind of push. And I really know that that, 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 um, that level of um, participation and the joy that came from that and that particular frequency, like a pebble into a, you know, into a lake, really allowed for that to ripple out and have really good beneficial effects elsewhere. Um, I think there are other small things here and there, but I, those are the main things I can think of, small shifts. Yeah. So earlier this year, um, we during our AHA, and I want to kind of connect to something that Auntie Kekuhi just shared, um, we were really gearing up for the breeding season for a lot of our Hawaii birds. And there's a, a couple of us in this group that uh, work specifically in the conservation breeding field. And so when it came time for, for us to have to kind of step back so that we can go and actually take care of some of these birds as they, they came in from the forest. Um, you know, we were able to look at these tiny little eggs and these tiny little, tiny little chicks and remember all of the positivity and all of the great energy that was being produced and to bring that specifically into that room with these tiny little baby birds. And so for me, it was, it was a very powerful thing to be able to know that there was just so many people that care and that were there with them cheering them on. And, and I will say that the, you know, the eggs that did come in from, from the forest, you know, they, they ended up thriving and they're doing well today. And so we, you know, I, I really believe that really made a difference. Like the energy was changed and there is this great um, uh, cloud of support that was really bringing them into this world. And I, I'm just very thankful for that. Um, hello, everyone. So, yeah, small, small shifts. Um, you know, we've been spending the last couple of years, I feel like, looking at ways to retie lost connections, potentially, you know, between the Manu people and our people, and sending out lots of good positive energy every 10 days or every week. And, uh, you know, I, we, I got an email, just, just small stories and how this all relates, sending out this positive energy, but the email I got, which I told all of you about, super important. Um, 100% certain that I saw an ou on um, Kipukapua'ulu. And the first thing I thought was, wow, we've been sending out all this positive energy for the last two years, and all of a sudden an ou that's never been seen, hasn't been seen in the last 40 years, a professional biologist just saw one. And so um, 
That to me was like really powerful. Of course, I'm only 99.9% .9 sure he really saw one, but there's still that 0.1%. Um, so we went out, you know, Kekuhi went out. Um, we, we made a pauku for the, for the Oli right there, and it's now part of Okalelea Neauna. We went out and chanted it and to hopefully call in the birds at the, at the kipuka. Um, and so to me, that's like a positive outcome of what we're doing. In, in addition to just the connections that I see forming every day in younger people than me in the community. Um, I've got a fourth grader coming to my avian biology class because he went to the bird, the festival of birds and saw the Okalelea now na and was just so enthralled by it. So he's coming every day with his dad. <laughs> um, so yeah, things have just changed so much since I've been working with birds in the bird community. It's really, you know, it's, I do, I try and be optimistic and see the positive in things and I think that what we're doing is just one small piece in some of the good things that are actually happening. When we hear all the all the negativity about the manu, there is actually, you know, you go up to Hakalau and Akiapola Hour, one of the most common birds up there. Uh, it's like what? <laughs> right, exactly. It used to be a pasture with no birds, and Akiapola Hour. It's almost the one that you can, for sure, see if you go to the upper part of Hakalau. But anyways, I've just had really. It's just been an amazing experience for me so far, and we're not done yet, for sure. But I'm looking forward to, to working with everyone um, can, moving forward. Mahalo Nui for sharing all the different pilina that you guys have observed uh, recently and a little bit further back. I love to hear about the keiki and the community being so enthusiastic and wanting to learn more. Um, I'd like to invite any of you who would like to share a personal experience with a manu. Um, whatever you feel like you would like to share. We'd, we'd love to hear how these encounters or family histories are still occurring today. Um, we don't want to think only in the past, oh, you know, before this is what happened. Because I know that you guys might have some stories where it's, you know, it, it's still happening today so we can still interact with our Manu people. Um, so I work at Keoho Bird Conservation Center. Um, with all of our endangered birds that are in the captive breeding program. Um, and right after starting to work there, I was, you know, reading about Alala, and I read that when Captain Cook went to Ka'avaloa, he tried to buy, they, he was warned of their captive Alala and tried to buy them as specimens and was told no. And I know from my family history that that's where my family was at that time. And so I just got chicken skin all over my whole body. Like, oh, my ancestors kept these birds. And so maybe three weeks before the Lahaina fire, I was, I was there for a family reunion. Um, and I was talking to a bunch of my cousins about it. And they all had the same exact reaction that I did when I told them. They just all got chicken skin all over their body. And so it feels like a deeper kuleana for me to be taking care of Alala now in the captive breeding program. And some of the things that we're gonna be working on is writing a mele ma'i for the birds so that they can be more procreative. Um, and then also a kani kau for when we lose the birds in the captive breeding program so that we can like respectfully and properly grieve their loss. Cause I know we all feel it very heavily when we do lose a bird in captivity. It's always very sad. 
Um, but, you know, we, I work in a relatively intact native forest that also used to be a pasture, but then before it was a pasture, it was a native forest. Um, and there's, there's oma'o everywhere, there's eo all over the place all the time. Um, I've seen a few i'ivi lately, I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw an akiapola'o. Akia almost positive, like 98.6% positive. Um, <laughs> but last week I was walking, um, feeding the birds, and I just, something just stopped me. It wasn't even, con it was like I hit a wall and I just stopped. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna pay attention to that. So I was looking around, looking at the ohia, and I look up and maybe 10 feet in front of me, there's just a little juvenile eel perched on a branch really low, like maybe eight feet high. And we just had a whole last moment. Like me and that bird just, I just hung out there. They had one of their legs up. And I was like, does that bird have one leg? And I was like, oh no, they're comfortable. And then they like stretched their leg out right after I thought about that. And I was like, okay, there it is. And then they like tucked it back up and hung out for a minute. And we just had, we had a beautiful moment and then they flew away and I was like, okay, pow. And then continued on my merry way. But you know, we, I feel like we have lots of opportunities in our daily lives to connect with Manu if you're just paying attention enough to be able to see them. They're all around us. They've always been all around us from like the most antique times of antiquity. Like there's histories of people having relationships with birds and paying attention to what the birds are telling them. And I think that that, that relationship is like one of the things that we're trying to call back into existence for ourselves through this work is to be able to have personal relationships and relationships like Azalahui with these birds. Like, what does it mean if I see this bird doing this one weird thing? It's like reading the omens in the clouds, right? Like you see the, pu the pua'a clouds chasing the ilio clouds, it's gonna rain. Like, what does it mean when you see three eo flying up around in circles above you? Like, we're gonna figure that out. So this is just one step towards that. Um, yeah, I have lots of small stories. Um, learning, um, so I'm, I'm studying Duolingo as a way to um, practice the sounds of the words, you know. Um, being part of this group is really, um, I'm super thankful to learn from each other and to share what I know, which is, that I've always thought that plants and animals have value in and of themselves. And that's one of the things I try to share through my education work. Um, and so I believe in personal growth and I'm learning from all of you and we're, this chant is super challenging for me, right? But I wanted to understand it if I was gonna say it and I wanna try to say it well. So when I walk my dogs, I practice. And I guess that's my small stories, is that a lot of times an eel will show up in my neighborhood. Um, and that's one of the birds I like to work with. And I had an opportunity, an amazing opportunity, to go on a whale research vessel way offshore the other week. Um, like way, way, you couldn't see any of the islands. And we were looking for um, pseudo orcas and that was super cool. And then I was thinking to myself, you know, you have to stay alert, you're scanning the horizon, but one way to do that is to practice what we continue to try to share out loud. 
So I did it quietly to myself, and then I saw an ah. And then <laughs> I saw ua ukani. And um, it's just such an amazing day, and it's neat how, as I continue to practice, um, you know, things appear. And even talking to my mom this morning, hey, mom, it's your birthday tomorrow. I hope you have a great birthday. This is the cool thing I'm doing this evening. She said, oh, a bald eagle just flew over. <laughs> so it's kind of neat stuff like that. mentioned this observation in the AHA a couple weeks ago, but um, it was bird observations was the question, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm always making those. Yeah. Um, personal story. I, to me, um, you know, the Ojabai has always been, you, you know, the Ojabai is the Claremontia and the HAHA are just... They used to just be abundant in the understory of the forests and, and you know, cattle and pigs wiped them out. And it's like, if you can find one in the forest nowadays, it's like this special thing. It's, a, it's, it's so unusual and they're so rare. And so they've been, I've been going to Hakalau a bit and um, they've, they've outplanted the Ojavai there, a couple species of the Ojavai, also the Haha, the Cyanus shipmanii. And, it's always been a question, you know, are they getting pollinated? Are they going to be able to take care of themselves or are they just going to be, is this just going to be a big garden where we're just planting them and the connections, you know, they're so connected to our birds. The, the birds, um, the eevee pollinate the ohavai and the haha and other birds disperse the seeds of the fruits, you know, and so if they don't have the birds, if they don't have that connection with the manu, then the ohavai are not going to continue forward. And so they've been outplanting them in the hopes that these connections would, re, you know, with, they would get reconnected with the with the manu. But the birds sort of lost their connection as well. They the birds they've been outplanting these uh, Claremontias, the Ojavai, but the birds have kind of been ignoring them because they don't see them as food or nectar or whatever. But slowly but surely, over the last couple of years, folks were seeing that the eevees were coming to. Um, pollinate them, and I had never seen the fruits. I had I had never seen the fruits um, getting eaten and dispersed. They have these orange fruits that look like miniature pumpkins, and they're full of little black seeds. And the only thing that really I would see eat them is rats. And I generally rats don't disperse seeds very well. They kind of just shoot. They they eat the, the seeds are you know broken after they go through a rat. But for the first time I saw. Um, the native birds, two native manu, the, the oma'o was just munching on it. Oh, have I fruit, this ripe orange one. And then there was an eevee, I mean, an amakihi watching it. And then the oma'o left and the amakihi hopped in there and started doing the same thing. And so to me, it was just this really special sighting, just seeing this, because that's the way the plants are going to you know, move forward in abundance in the forest. And with more of this, these plants, then you have more more resources for the birds as well. So to me, that's a really important connections that I'm seeing happen. And I just saw that in the last couple of weeks. So that's, I've been thinking about that for a lot, a lot of lately. Yeah. <laughs> Mahalo for sharing your stories. Um, I think it reminds all of us um, at Kaleo Kauluau that we also 
um, have our stories and our interactions with our Manu friends and, and your folks sharing um, allows us to, to kind of pay closer attention. <laughs> so I think, I mean, there's something that we also talk about too, and um, our consciousness has been, uh, has been raised and that also of our um, listeners, right? So this is actually, so this is a podcast. So there's a whole world out there who's listening to what you folks share. And we are inviting you to um, kind of, if there's a, a final like mana'o or message that you'd like to share with the listeners specifically um, in Hawaii, but also throughout the world, um, we, we invite you to do so right now. But, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm from Hawaii. This is, this is my home. This is my place. Um, this is where I'm going to live my whole life. And I, I know that these, these birds that we're talking about are, you know, they are Hawaii in the same way that we are Hawaii. And we want them to live on, because if we, if we lose them, then we lose a part of, of Hawaii. So we're investing into, into these practices, into um, strengthening relationships with our community, because, you know, that's, that's what we have to do. It's just what we have to do. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this. And there's no place like Hawaii. There's no place like this place. And there's no birds in the world that really hold these types of meanings. This is so, so unique. And so I look forward to learning more stories. Um, I guess learn the stories of your birds. Learn the stories that your community has to offer. And uh, practice those. Normalize it. And... Um, Write your own, Oli. Uh, I want to steal Lisa's mana'o. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. No, not to, no. It's because it's a good mana'o. That's why I want to steal it. Because um, you're reminding me of like things that I've and over the last couple of years that I've I've been able to kind of figure out in my own head and come to opinions to. And I probably talked about this with multiple of you, you know, of our Ahui Manu peeps. Um, and Kaleo Okolua peeps um, <laughs> over time, but like, yeah, why? I that I am I'm, I'm I'm constantly thinking to myself. I, I get it. I have a tendency personally to get involved in all of these like tragic things, like like <laughs> conservation is is like this is like so depressing. I've met, I keep saying that. Um, and you know, I, I I did my my education in Hawaiian studies and Hawaiian language. You know, endangered language. You know, um, uh, people have suffered and all all these other things. And it, I, I I have to step back sometimes and think to myself, like, why does this matter? Is this you know it, it, should any of us be doing this at all? Um, the world moves on. You know, the world moves on whether. Hawaiians do Hawaiian things. The world moves on whether these birds are here or not. Does it even matter? And why should anybody, including myself, give, give a rip? Um, and it ties strongly, I think, into what Lisa was saying. And we, we live here. Um, if you are Hawaiian, you know, there, I grew up always having that question, like what, what makes one Hawaiian, a, a native Hawaiian? You know, is it, is it koko? Is it your mo'oku ahau? Is it the fact that you live here? Is it so many other, because you speak Hawaiian or you dance hula or whatever it is. And yes to all of those things. And also no. Um, I think ultimately, and for me and my personal definition of what it means to be a Hawaiian and, and you mean to be somebody who lives in Hawaii is we are 
we are we we have inherited in one way or another the shared experiences and knowledge and wisdom of the people who came before us and oftentimes that is in a genealogical line and for for people who are of hawaiian blood we can see that genealogical line going down through the centuries into the darkness um, um, where we're connected to the land itself in all of these ways, which is, is kind of like the, the mele that we've been working on. It's the mele ko'ihonua. And um, what that tells me is that when the land changes, when all of these other kupuna things change, the birds, the weather patterns, the, the rocks, the, the plants, when those things change, things change for us too on, uh, and who we are and how we define ourselves and how our children and our children's children often to eternity define themselves. If, if we leave Hawaii, you know, our, the experiences of our descendants will change. We become something else. Our, 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 our ancestors were something else before they came here and they became Hawaiian. Why? Because of Hawaii. So if Hawaii changes, if Hawaii loses something, if it loses the birds, for instance, that means something for those who come after. Who will they be? They will be Hawaiian but they'll be Hawaiian in a different way slightly than we were, than our kupuna were. And does that matter to us? Maybe, maybe not. For me, it matters. I, I, I want those experiences and that knowledge and that wisdom that is tied to things like birds to continue on past all of us. And, you know, there, we can make all kinds of other arguments, but to me, that is reason enough to, to try. Okay, that's the deep. <laughs> um, and to piggyback off of what both Lisa and Noah just said, um, I feel deeply that when we lose a native species, whether it be a plant or a manu, we lose a piece of ourselves. And so I think that's also what Noah was speaking to with like, it changes. So then our descendants won't have the same relationship that we have. And we don't have the same relationship that our kupuna had like three or four generations ago because it's changed so much here. And I, I also just wanna say that like our capacity for grief to do this hard, heavy work is also our capacity for love and our capacity to expand our hearts out past our human communities into these other communities of people they're Manu people, they're plant people, they're not just inanimate objects that exist in the environment. They're entire communities of people with their own stories. And our lives become so much richer when we learn how to listen to those stories. For me, being involved in something like this and being um, in conservation in Hawaii, it's often a lot of the doom and gloom, but there's a lot of hope. And so I think, you know, to be able to talk about the birds and have the fun and weave these connections again, it provides a sense of hope. And so just to keep putting that energy out and, you know, wishing that into the world for these species is super powerful and um, something we need more of. So I think that's just something to kind of keep in mind. I couldn't name a species of bird five years ago. Birds were birds. There were blackbirds, there were, I know a minor bird, because everybody knows a minor bird, but I didn't know any of the native birds, I didn't know any of the plant names, I didn't know anything. I really came into conservation and into loving everything 
because I became, I had a relationship with one bird and that was the alai ula. And from there, I got to learn the ai'o, the aoku'u. I got to learn both non-native and native wetland birds. And then I got to learn the names of all the native forest birds, like the Io, the Akohekohe, the Kiwiku, the Akepa, I can name almost now almost all the seabirds too. And so if you don't know any of the birds, if you don't know any of their names right now, that's okay. Like we have a bunch of people who you can tap into that can share those stories with you, that can teach you their names, the scientific names, their English names, their Hawaiian names. And by learning all of their names and learning the people who care, care for them, you start to build those relationships with them. And so that's my challenge to everybody is go and find just like one bird, learn their names and just geek out on that bird and find out who do they like to eat? Who do they like hang out with? Are they the most kolohe or the most rascal bird out there? Or are they the kindest bird out there? And then from there, you'll be able to learn about all the birds. So don't be scared. It's fun and it's enjoyable and you just need to start with one. Um, I think my message for anyone who's interested in birds or interested in entering this world is um, similar to what Lucas said, that you know it's fun, um, but also attention is a form of generosity and that if we can extend ourselves in that way, we learn things, we notice things that we wouldn't have um, ever noticed if we didn't put our attention in the moment and um, it can become really um, personally gratifying to, um, to have those present moment experiences. Yeah, we've, lo <clears throat> we've lost so much uh, in Hawaii and, and around the world, we've lost so many of our indigenous cultures. And with it, we've lost a lot of the richness uh, in the world. And, by, and there's a movement now to bring back indigenous cultures and uh, and with that, you bring in a certain spirituality, and there's a lot. Uh, it just enriches our lives, and it enriches the way in which we relate to the world. And the, uh, so the uh, resurrection and the restoration and the focus now on uh, restoring indigenous cultures helps us to restore the natural world, because so many of the indigenous cultures had this relationship with the natural world. They understood how uh, interrelated we are. We're not disconnected, we're not just there to exploit, and um, we're there to live you know, um, in, in a, a harmonious relationship. So bringing back those indigenous cultures brings back a spirituality and enriches us all. <laughs> Is there anything in particular you were? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, yeah, I, it's like, wow, everybody. I, that, was, that was amazing to hear, honestly. Um, I guess, I, you know, the Okalelea Now Na was, was all about envisioning, you know, this health and vitality of the Manu and the connections. And I think, you know, moving forward, that's what's, that's what we need is is this is having this energy and this hope as someone hope it's so important and, and optimism too because that's the way that we change things right that your things are not going to change without that and having the energy for positive and and I, I see 
you know, we've, we've all talked about some of these positive changes we've been seeing already, and I'm just really, you know, looking forward to seeing lots of new positive changes, like this week, the, the release of the mosquitoes, yeah, as someone's been saying on, um, on Maui. So, um, wow. What was the original question, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> What's the message? What's the message? message? Okay. I think that's my message. Uh, yeah, I would like to. <laughs> to the my message is just have hope and, and optimism and envision what you want to see in the world of, in here, in the world of the Manu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Am I the last person? You are. Ah, man. <laughs> Shucks. Let's see. What, what is the message for the listeners? Okay. Um, how many of you out there are... How many boys out there listening? Raise your hand. Me. Okay, good. <laughs> how many little girls out there listening? Raise your hand. Hey, me. Uh, how many of you... Um, little Mahu people are out there listening. Me. Um, how many of you out there are mommies and daddies and grandmas and, and grandpas and aunties and uncles out there? Raise your hand. Me. Yeah, that's all of us. So, um, the, the magic of all of us is, um, I, I don't know if there's any more wisdom to express in that's already been expressed. Um, I really like the... Um, one of the magical things that my granddaughter depends on is, is that we know how to talk to the worms and the, and the dogs and the cats and, and all the Manu people flying around and that we can talk to the bees and both, this is my um, seven, my eight-year-old grandson and my six, five, six-year-old granddaughter and my two-year-old granddaughter. They want to talk to everything. They want to talk to, and they're like, Tutu, like, talk to the bees. What's the bees saying? What's the bees saying? And the answer, moms, dads, you know, older sisters and brothers, is the answer is the bee saying, hmm, he wants to know your name. What's your name? Tell him your name. You know, and my grandchildren want to know what the birds are saying. And they say, Tutu, what's the bird saying? Dee, 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 dee. Out there, he's saying, oh, he wants some he wants some food. You have some food? And they're like, I have some food. You have some food? I don't have any food, Tutu. You have food, Tutu? The, the, the game is, the, the magic is having this, not just believing in the fact that you can still communicate with all the people. But knowing that you can communicate with all the people without deem, you don't have to say I'm wizard or I'm, I'm witch. You don't have to even be anybody special just because you breathe um, your magic. So if you can run around and play and, and play games on your iPad, then you can go into the forest and 
and close your eyes and put your hand on your head and imagine a big bird and you open your eyes and the big bird will come in front of you. And I think that's my big message is remember your child. Don't forget who your child is. This is one of the things that birthed Okolele Ane Auna is to remember who who little Lisa is and, and who little Noah is and who little Pat is. Not was, is, you know, and who is um, little Rachel and, and who is little Kekuhi, you know, who is little Dave and little Drew and little Klehana and little Luke. And who are they? And, and, um, and, and there's, they're, they're right in there. And, don't, don't forget they're there. Because when you forget they're there, then we, we no longer know how to teach our children and the world's children and the school's children. We no longer know how to teach them how to, how to talk to the tree people. I took my uh, two-year-old granddaughter on a, a forest walk the other day. And look, you cannot tell me that it's cheaper to go and take your family to a movie. I'm talking to you guys listening now. Don't tell me it's cheaper to go and take your children to a theater or to buy your child a $500 iPhone or iPad. Don't tell me it's cheaper to go and buy some Starbucks cocoa and, and cake pops from wherever. No, it's cheaper to drive your car to the nearest Niaulani um, center in Volcano, 27 miles away, and, and get out of your car and get off of your bums and walk through the forest over there and be quiet. Shut your mouth. Just be quiet. Don't talk. Don't think. Just walk. And let your children walk. And have that experience. Stop spending your money in... I, I mean, I love it. I, I love tilt. I love all that stuff too. But... When all the machines are broken and you can't plug those things in anymore. And, and I love technology. I really, really do. I, I geek out on technology. I know all the things. You know? Um, but... Like like Craig like Craig Neff would say, plug into the Aina. Get your get your naal plugged into the Aina. You cannot no longer complain about being Hawaiian or being or being somebody who lives in Hawaii or being somebody who takes care of Hawaii and you have no outlet to anything of substance. Stop complaining about all the things you don't have and plug into the aina and go take a walk. And stop blaming everybody else for not having those experiences. Those experiences are right in front of you. Right in front of you. Look up in the sky. Look up in the sky. You can see tons of Manu people in the sky. Listen, shut your mouth, turn off your TV for five minutes and beyond the cookie noises, 
you you can hear the colleagues are still running around at night. They, they're, they're silly people. Count how many colleagues you have on your road this season. Stop complaining about what the traffic is like and all that sort of, just stop it. Raise your energy, raise your frequency and get on the frequency of the Manu people and the tree people because they know what's going on. Count how many, this is your challenge, count how many kolea is on your street this season. And on your calendar, watch for the day that they leave. Okay? We should make a big contest. You're gonna win five million dollars. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> but do you even know that? Do you even know that? You should know that. That's as that's as simple as knowing. Like you don't even need the weatherman to tell you that. Turn off your televisions and look out your doors and figure out when the coleas are coming in and out. That's what you do. That's what you do at your time. Why live over here in Hawaii if you're not going to take the time to do that kind of things? Why? Yeah, and being Hawaiian is not an excuse for not getting out there, getting the forest, getting the water, pick up some rubbish, stop leaving your junk all over the place. This is, this is not our aina. We, our kulean is to steward the aina. So, so, Pick up your junk cars. Yeah, maybe we know more jobs right now. Go do a job. Go plant some go plant some trees. Go pull out some bushes. You know? Go give aloha to somebody on the side of the road. That's our job. That's our job. What I know that I know that I know is um is I was born. And not because I'm special, but I was born to take care of the earth. That's my central job. Central. And if that means having six kids to help me do it, then that means, if that means opening up a company so that I could teach other people to do the same things, then I'm doing that. If that means, whatever that means in life, my central kuleana as a human being is to take care of the earth. That's my job. So if you don't have a job out there and you're suffering, then start taking care of the earth. I bet you all that going to go away. That's my message. Have a happy, you know, if you celebrate solstice times or Thanksgiving or any one of those, you know, holy days, uh, have, a, have a wonderful, um, you know, holiday season. Come and join us in our very last um, aha, hoakua manu, lahui manu. And yeah, we said it, hoakua lahui manu means to make manu as deity-like energy. Because that's what they are. Why you think our kupuna used to use feathers in kahilis? You cannot have anything above the heads of ali'is unless they're akua. So that's the kind of mana we we lifting up the manu people. Save the manu and we save ourselves. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
We really want to thank the Ahui Manu Hui for joining us, for sharing this last season with us, for helping our listeners get to know more about our Manu friends, and for sharing their experiences as we close out this season. And we want to mahalo you listeners too for um, being attentive to um, what we've been sharing all all season long, our peeling or our relationship with our native bird friends of Hawaii. And we are particularly um, honored to have Ahui Mano as part of this process. So mahalo to each and every one of you. And don't forget every single thing that Antike Kuhi told you to do. Yeah, get out there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And wherever you're listening to us on, whatever platforms you're using, please give us a like and follow. Mahalo nui. Mahalo. Ahui ho. Aloha. Aloha.